Hey guys, happy October. Since this is the season for all things horror, I'm here with a surprise story to get you started. This story is Photos in the Night, written and narrated by Ian Epperson, with a special appearance from Noel Woolery. We'll see you again on the 13th. And now, on with the show. My wife and I moved out of the city to a quiet little town on the edge of the metro. It was a cute place, a small town main street, and in the old part of town, streets lined with old Victorian homes from the turn of the century. Like plenty of others before us, we left the city in search of cheap housing. Most of the houses in our new neighborhood had been kept up well, even if the interiors were a bit dated. And they all had their own unique flourishes, from a time before when all houses were built to look the same. Our house's unique little flourish was a covered wraparound porch. It extended all the way across the front of the house, then curved around one side. No matter what time of day and where the sun was positioned, there was always a shady spot to enjoy. When we saw it, we fell in love with the place. And it just so happened to be the perfect time to move in just as the heat of the summer was waning into the cool mornings and cool evenings of fall. There was something else that had us excited about this new house. In typical small town fashion, most of our neighbors stopped by to introduce themselves. And they all said the same thing. We'd moved in at just the right time. This was a Halloween neighborhood. When the calendar turned over to October 1st, we noticed it right away. It was like an unofficial starting bell for decorating your house. Fake cobwebs, pumpkins, and yard decorations all appeared over the weekend. Kids walked up and down the street, admiring the new feel of the place. So did we. We were inspired to buy decorations of our own and get into the neighborhood spirit. It was our first time, and we weren't as good at it as everyone else on the block. They'd all had years to practice and hone their skills. Next year, we'd be better at it too. We bought a pumpkin and made our best go at a jack-o'-lantern. We weren't very good at that either. Its smile was crooked. Its eyes were mismatched. How is everyone else so good at this? We weren't good at it, but it was all for fun. Who cares if we weren't the most done-up house in the neighborhood? We were just happy to be a part of it. Our bedroom was upstairs, looking out at the street. We had two big trees in the front yard that cast lots of shade during the day and blocked the streetlights at night. The very first leaves had just begun changing color. We left the windows open. There's no way anyone could see in from the street. That would change once the leaves fell. But for now, it was nice. I was standing in front of that window when my wife came up from behind and put her arms around me. What you looking at? Nothing. I turned to face her and we kissed. Playful at first, then long and slow. Then 
urgent. She pulled away and made a face, one that I recognized. She took my hands and took two steps backwards, pulling me toward the bed. Do you want to come lay down with me? I did. She pulled me down on top of her. <sighs> Should we get the windows? Why? No one can see. If you say so. As we went on, I could sense the room getting darker. Mm. Night was falling. Outside the window, a car passed on the street below. At some point, the streetlights clicked on, and as my wife and I locked eyes, taking each other in, the first of the autumn leaves began to fall. I woke to the sound of my phone going off. I opened my eyes. The phone was resting on the nightstand. The screen was face down, a rectangle of light escaping around the edges. My wife also stirred. Who is it? I didn't know. There were only two reasons I've ever gotten a text in the middle of the night. Someone I know is up late, probably drinking, and lost track of time. The other reasons? They've never been good. So it was with hesitation that I laid there looking at the phone. The rectangle of light bleeding out from the edges dimmed, as if it were about to go out. Maybe I could just ignore it and go back to sleep. I tried for a few moments, but my wife, who's always been a lighter sleeper than me, rolled over. Hey, what if something's wrong? She was right. An unexpected text in the middle of the night was cause for concern. I reached over and picked up my phone. At first it didn't register. It wasn't a text or any other app that I recognized. Then it clicked. Someone had airdropped a photo to my phone. I tapped the screen and the photo came up. It was dark, hard to make out. It was a house, a porch more specifically. It took a moment for it to click, but then I saw it. The jack-o'-lantern, the crooked smile and mismatched eyes. It was our porch. Someone was outside our house and they wanted me to know it. My wife could sense my distress. What is it? She sat up and pulled the sheets around her. Someone's outside. What? I passed the phone. She saw it right away. I got out of bed and threw on my clothes. What are you doing? You're not going outside. I'm just gonna go look. What if they're trying to get inside? She didn't say anything. She just looked at me with trepidation. As quietly as I could manage, I crept into the hallway and then down the stairs. My eyes adjusted along the way. I peeked over the railing where I could see most of the downstairs. There was no one. I made my way to the back of the house and checked the kitchen. 
pulling a knife from the block just in case. I check the bathroom, behind the shower curtain, the closets and underneath all the furniture. There was no one inside. Overhead, I heard the floor creaking. My wife was moving around. I heard her on the stairs, making her way down. Do you see anything? I told her I didn't. My eyes were drawn to the big window that faced the front of the house. It was dark inside so we could see out. The streetlights filtered down through the leaves, casting their shapes on the street and sidewalk. My wife spoke up, anticipating my thoughts. Don't. It's okay. It's probably just kids trying to scare us. Just lock the door behind me and don't open it until I get back. I could see that she was conflicted. She didn't want me to go out there. But at the same time, it probably was just kids. And neither of us would get back to sleep if we thought someone was lingering in the bushes. I'll be right back. I made my way to the front door and I pulled it open. Outside, I pulled the door closed and took in my surroundings. Behind me, I heard the click of the deadbolt. The streetlights came down onto the sidewalk, but the yard was dark, obscured by trees. I used the flashlight on my phone to make my way around the front yard. I wondered for a moment if any neighbors were watching me, wondering what the new guy was doing in the middle of the night. I walked around the side of the house and then into the backyard. I looked behind every tree and every bush. I even checked under the porch. Nothing was out of place. Nothing had been touched. As I made my way back to the front of the house, I noticed one thing that was off. The jack-o'-lantern. How had I not clocked this earlier? We'd blown out the candle inside before we went to bed. But the reason I could make it out in the photo, someone had relit the candle inside. I stood at the base of the stairs, looking up at the porch. That crooked smile, looking back down at me. Over the next couple of days, I asked around about kids in the neighborhood that might play pranks or get into mischief. My neighbors all said the same thing. Normal kid stuff, but nothing serious. That was the consensus. After all, it was a Halloween neighborhood, and it seemed like the kind of thing a group of kids would do, not realizing they'd crossed a line. My wife and I forgot about it a little bit more every day. Over the next week, the weather turned. It was overcast and stormy most days. When the wind picked up, it would take leaves from the trees with it. They went skittering down the streets in waves. As our two big trees in the front yard thinned out, we could see the houses across the street and beyond, and they could see us too. The streetlights shined directly into our windows now. We started closing the bedroom curtains at night. It was the second week of October. I woke up sometime after midnight. I got up to use the bathroom. 
Out in the hall, I noticed that something felt off, something in the air. I couldn't put my finger on it. I could hear my phone buzz from the bedroom, followed by a groan from my wife. She was awake now too. I went back into the bedroom and followed the light from the screen. Another airdrop. Another photo. I tapped the screen and the photo came up. It was me. I was standing on the porch. It was night. The porch light was on behind me. It looked like it was taken from across the street. Then it clicked. It was from the last time this happened. Whoever had sent that photo from the porch, they hadn't run away. They were hidden. They were watching me. And they wanted me to know it. My wife could sense that something was happening. What is it? I handed her the phone. She recognized it right away and sat up in bed. Oh my God. Just as she spoke, the phone buzzed again. Another airdrop. Should I open it? She didn't wait for me to respond before tapping the screen. It took a moment to register what she was looking at before her face dropped and she gasped. She practically threw the phone at me as she scrambled out of bed. I looked at the screen. It was our porch. But this time, the front door was standing open. Someone was in the house. I shot out of bed and down the stairs. When I reached the first floor, I looked to my right. The door was wide open. I wasn't really thinking, just operating on adrenaline and instinct. I shouted as loud as I could, hoping I could scare them off. I looked around for something to use as a weapon. When I couldn't find someone out in the open, I started opening all the closets, looking under couches, anywhere someone could possibly hide. I couldn't find anyone. I started to doubt myself. Could we have forgotten to lock the door? Maybe it hadn't latched all the way. Why would someone open the door, commit breaking and entering, and then just send a photo and leave? It had to be another Halloween prank. But this one crossed the line. I closed the front door and made another round through the house. There was no one but my wife and I. I didn't want to give some kid a criminal record for taking a prank too far, but it also needed to stop. I would figure out what to do in the morning, but for now, I needed to try and get some sleep. I tried to go back to sleep that night, but my wife and I just laid awake. The next morning, we changed the locks and I decided that I would sleep on the couch for the next few nights. See if I could catch the little fuckers. You don't have to be a hero, you know. She was right, but I was determined to put an end to it. I laid on the couch at bedtime while my wife slept upstairs. There was a baseball bat on the floor next to me, just in case. I was hyper aware of all the little cracks and pops of the settling house. Every sound from outside. Passing cars, barking dogs, fallen leaves scraping by in the wind until the night and my mind got quiet. 
After a week of no activity and a persistent soreness in my back, I started sleeping upstairs again. They must have given up or found someone else to torment. That was my hope anyway. It was the week leading up to Halloween. Everyone had put the finishing touches on their houses. The front yard cemeteries, the life-size figurines. The entire street was full of the sights and sounds of Halloween. My wife and I sat on the front porch, admiring the spectacle of it all. While we sat on the porch, we carved up a new jack-o'-lantern. The original one with the crooked smile and the mismatched eyes was decaying. We did a much better job with our second pumpkin, a fresh, convincing jack-o'-lantern, just in time for trick-or-treat. As we sat there, enjoying the autumn air, the light changed and the sun fell behind the houses across the street. We made the right call moving out here, don't you think? I looked up and down the street. I had to agree. It had really come to feel like a home. It was the night before Halloween. My wife and I had stocked up on trick-or-treat candy and we tried on our costumes. We started to wind down early. I hadn't looked forward to Halloween since college. Tomorrow would be a big day. That night, I had trouble sleeping. I was stressing out about getting home from the city in time for trick-or-treat. I was thinking about how to arrange my day, and my thoughts, they just got away from me. And before I knew it, it was one in the morning. I became aware of something outside. Little sounds. I'd gotten used to the sounds from the street when I was sleeping on the couch. But this was different. I got up and tiptoed over to the bedroom window and pulled back the curtain. The trees were completely bare of leaves now, and the yellow cone from the streetlight lit up the sidewalk. I looked through the branches and limbs, but I couldn't see anything. Then, I heard it again. Someone was out there. They were back. Those fucking kids. I tiptoed toward the bedroom door, trying not to wake my wife. But, she woke up anyway. Mm, what are you doing? I think they're back. Whoever sent the photos. I heard someone outside. Just come back to sleep and ignore your phone. I'm just gonna go downstairs and make sure they go away. She grunted and sat up in bed. Well, hurry, because I'm not gonna be able to go to sleep until you get back. I crept out into the hallway when it happened. My phone vibrated in my pocket. I pulled it out and looked. Another airdrop. I tapped the screen and it was another photo of my porch just like the first time, and then another, this time around the side of the house, looking up toward the living room windows. I made my way down the stairs. If they were going around back, I could sneak out on the front porch. I'd have the high ground, and I'd see them coming from every direction. If it really was neighborhood kids, I'd be able to scare them away, or better yet, get a look at them and figure out who their parents were. Worst case scenario, I'd have my baseball bat and I'd yell like crazy, 
scare them off, and wake up the neighbors. I was sure that I could handle myself, if worse came to worse. I peeked through the glass on the front door. I didn't see anyone or anything out of place. I turned the lock and cracked open the door. No sound, no response. I made my way out onto the porch and looked around the side of the house. I didn't see anything. I debated walking down to the yard and looking around the other side, but I'd be too exposed. It was best to keep the high ground. The street was quiet, not even the sound of the wind blowing dried leaves across the asphalt. I waited. My phone going off startled me and made me jump. I got it out and looked at the screen, expecting another photo, but it was a text from my wife, asking if I was outside. At the same time, I saw light pour out into the tree in front of the house. She'd opened the bedroom curtains and turned on the light. She was looking for me. I crept down the steps and looked up at the window. She was standing there, arms crossed. She looked anxious. She jumped when she noticed movement down below. It was me coming out into the yard. Then she gestured with her arms, a motion that asked, Well, anything? I shrugged. There was a little wind, and I heard the leaves skittering down the street again. I also saw the front door creaking closed in the wind. That was probably for the best. If something happened to me, whoever was out here would be locked out. My phone again, but it wasn't my wife. I was looking at her and she didn't have her phone in her hands. It was another photo. In that moment, I realized something about the photo from a few minutes ago. The first one from that night. Something was wrong. I stared at the notification on the screen, and then I looked up at the porch. That first photo from tonight, it didn't match. The jack-o'-lantern. The photo showed the old one, the one with the crooked smile and the mismatched eyes. I looked over at our new jack-o'-lantern, the one we made just a few hours ago. It glowed from the top step. It was an old photo. But you have to be close to send an airdrop to someone. Why wouldn't they just take a new photo? Why use the old photo instead? My mind caught up just as my hand was tapping the screen and bringing up the new image. I stared at my screen, my mind struggling to register what my eyes were seeing. It was taken from our bedroom door from inside the house. My wife's back to the camera as she looked out the window. My hands were shaking and I dropped the phone. I looked up at the window and tried to shout but nothing came out. An instant later, I saw a shadow on the wall behind her, approaching. The next moment, the window was splattered red.
Thank you for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This story was Photos in the Night, written and narrated by Ian Epperson, featuring Noel Woolery. Music, editing, and sound design by Caleb Ritchie. Assistance from Bridget Howard and Brooke Jeanette. Our producer-level patrons are Rick Linville, Tattooed Fox, Rhiannon, Sean Geary, Anthony Diaz, Jackie Kay, Delta Tango, Chantel Payne, Nick, Emily Douglas, Stephanie Klinger, and Jake R. Thank you guys so much for your support. Click the link in our show notes to learn more about joining us on Patreon. And check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Pod13. And you can check out our Facebook group for 13 Podcast. Just look for our logo, and you'll find links in the show notes. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show, or if you'd like to contact us about anything else, you can get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You'll find submission guidelines and other info on our website, 13podcast.com. You can find that in the show notes too. Bridget Freeman is airdropping you a photo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the 13th.